Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we are learning the Zaysabracha Shvi, the last Aliyah in Parsha Zaysabracha, and really the last Aliyah in the Torah. This is a dramatic closing to this uh, Parsha, this Sefer, and the whole Torah. We hear about now the death of Moshe Rabbeinu. Our Aliyah is only 12 Sukkim long, running from Perik Lamedalad Posuk Aleph to Yud Beis. The basic summary is as follows. Moshe now goes up to Har Nevoi, goes to the top of the peak, overlooking Jericho, and Hashem shows him the whole land from Gilad until Dan, from the south until the north. And Hashem reminds him that this is the land which was sworn to the patriarchs, but you are not going to get into it. Moshe, the servant of Hashem, then passes away there on that mountain, and he was buried there facing Balpor, but no one knows where he is buried until today. Moshe was at 120 years all the time, but he never lost any of his vigor. At which point, when he passes away, we hear that Israel weeps for him for 30 days. And then Yoshua pick up, picks up the mantle and becomes, uh, because Moshe Rabbeinu had given from him to it, and becomes the leader in his stead. The Torah then emphasizes, There's not going to be any other um, prophet like of the magnitude of Moshe Rabbeinu in Israel, who knew Hashem and spoke to Hashem face to face, who did all the wonders in taking Israel out of Egypt and into the eyes of all of Israel, and they call Israel. A few basic points to ponder as we look at this Aliyah. Number one is, it seems that we do know where his burial plot is because the Torah is very specific about it. So why is the Torah telling us we don't know? So although the Torah does tell us a general area, which there is, it seems to be in the area of Jordan, just by the top of the Dead Sea, and in fact there is a nice tourist site there, but nonetheless, which they claim to be, it certainly isn't. But nonetheless, this is not the 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 the, the, the burial plot of Moshe. Why is this so important? The Royal Bag says is because here you have the prophet accepted by the world's three greatest religions. Right, Judaism and its daughter religions, essentially uh, Christianity and Islam, which took their teachings from the Torah, um, or the parts they liked from the Torah, and they all respect Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu was the prophet of all prophets. Imagine if we did know where his burial was. Well, that would turn into another religion as well. Then people would start making pilgrimages, and it would become a holy site in and of itself. And there, there would be religions around Moshe Rabbeinu. That was not what God intended. So Hashem said, therefore, it's not going to be known where his burial is. He's going to remain an idea and not something physical, which is one of the weaknesses of human beings, is taking ideas and concretizing them into only ritual objects. Now, let's move into another question, is why is it important that no Novi is like Moshe? Why is this so important that the Torah closes this way as well? The Malbim points out, there is therefore no other prophet who can produce an idea which will be in contradiction to the book of, Mo of Moshe, the Tfa books of Moshe. Even Nevi'im and Ksuvim cannot say something which is contradictory to the Torah. No prophet, no matter how great, will ever be able to contradict the Torah as well. In the words of Rav Hirsch, all this stands for all time, warning, warningly against every external power against Israel, every internal per, 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 and every internal pertness towards or defection from the Torah in Israel, which would estrange Israel from its calling and thereby endanger the work of the mission of Moses. So the Torah clo closes, essentially laying a seal on everything that has been said, nothing can contradict this as well. The Rachaim does, does make a point is that ultimately the power that Moshe Rabbeinu derived was because of the power of Klal Yisrael, because of the magnitude of Israel at that time, which was never to be matched, which is, gave him the energy of the leadership at the time as well. A very important question which was asked is, who wrote 
these last eight psukim in the Torah. The, uh, Ibn Ezra, in fact, goes so far as to say that it refers to the last 12 psukim in the Torah, because that's when Moshe Rabbeinu went up the mountain. The challenge that we have, of course, is could Moshe write about his own death? So the Gemara Baba Vassar on Daf Tesvahum and Aleph debates this point as well and presents a Machlokas Tanaim. The sages disagree. Rabbi Nehemiah says, Yoshua had to write the last eight psukim in the Torah, which is when Moshe died, because he left off then. Moshe did not write about his death. Therefore, although the entire Torah was written and dictated by Hashem to Moshe, this part of the Torah, the last eight psukim about his own death, were not. They were written by Yehoshua. The Gemara says, wait a second, but we know that the Torah is complete and if it's l- lacking even one letter, then that's considered invalidated Sefer Torah. So how could it be that eight psukim were not written by Moshe Rabbeinu directly from God? So therefore, Rabbi Huda's opinion was no. Hashem dictated even the last eight psukim and Moshe wrote it bedema. What does bedema mean? Usually understood, the Mepharshim say it means in tears. Moshe Rabbeinu wrote about his own death in tears. He foretold his own death. What a painful experience, what a dramatic way to close the Torah. However, there's another way of understanding this, which is rendered by the Vilna Goen, Rabbi Liao of Vilna. He says a very beautiful thing, and that is like this. We know that the Torah actually predates the creation of the world. What's called in um, the terminology, Histakel Bo'araisa Ubara Omashem, looked into the Torah and created the world after it. Which means to say that the Torah, which is an expression of the will of God, predates the world. So how could that be if the Torah is describing a history within the context and confines of this world? So the Ramban explains, actually, that the Torah is um, as ex- expressed pri- in a primordial state, whether it be black fire on white fire as ideas, or is a string, an algorithm of the different names of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, different powers and permutations of the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu together. That being the case, what happened at the time of Matan Torah was Hashem cut up those different chains and algorithms into spaces of words that formed one expression which is called the narrative of history or the narrative of guidance, mitzvahs and stories that we have today. That's only one permutation of the string of the algorithms of letters that the Torah is. What it means to say when it says that Moshe Rabbeinu Kosov Bedema, that he wrote it Bedema, comes from the word not Dema as in tears but refers to a mixed pile of grain. The word Dema can mean something which is not, uh, confused, something which is not yet cut out. And that's what happens. Moshe Rabbeinu was asked to write the string of letters for the end of the Torah, but he did not divide them into the words yet because it was not the right time to reveal it. Only after his death were those words cut into the words they are and given what called one permutation of meaning as in the narrative that we have in the Sefer Torah. That was what happened later on. Very profound perspective to unfolding of history. Finally, one last idea which is worth considering as we close, and that is we know that the last letter of the Torah is the word Lamed. It says, La'enei kol Yisrael, that's a Lamed. The first word in the Torah is a base, which is therefore put together is Lev. So the Torah ends with the word Lamed, Lamed and starts with the word base. But I once heard a very beautiful idea, and that is if you look at the three letters before the Lamed and the three letters after the base, so that means to say, if you look at the word Bereshis, the word after the base is Rosh. The three letters before the, la- the Lamed of Yisrael is also Ein Resh. Shin, which is also a permutation of the word Rosh, which means to say that the Torah essentially from beginning to end is a loop, and the loop is connected through the heart, the lave, and on either end of the heart is the head, the Rosh. And therefore the Torah requires thinking about, but also experiencing and feeling about as well. It's not enough just to think. It's more important to feel and think together. For your data hayom, you should know today, return it to your hearts. With this, we, we conclude the seventh aliyah, the parashah of Azosa Bracha, the Sefer of Devarim, 
and the five books of the Torah. Chazak, Chazak, Phineas Chazak. Have a wonderful and meaningful Simchas Torah.